airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh oh. Uh oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio. Thank you so much for listening. Appreciate it. I'm mm-hmm. Miki. And I'm Will. And uh, Sherry B is over in Studio CC. We mm-hmm. will try to get our phone lines open today, hear from um, our listening audience on some of the topics we've covered, not only today. But uh, last couple of days, because it's been one of those types of uh, weeks. So anyway, we want to make sure that we remedy that as best we can. Yes. Uh, today, I wanted to have a conversation with you that was really sparked by an invitation that I received to um, discuss critical race theory mm-hmm. and equality and equity on today's issues earlier today. So, yeah. of course, in preparation for that. I was just thinking about um, the things that are really important to us. Mm-hmm. And and one of those things that I think often gets reflected in this show is that we want the body of Christ to really understand how to defend the faith, right? Amen. How to um, stand on the truth of the word of God, to not be duped by what's happening in the culture, to be bold, basically to live authentic Christian lives. Yeah. That's We're all about authenticity. And we want Christians to feel, um, you know, emboldened to do that right. without feeling like you have to constantly apologize and say, I'm sorry, you know, I, but just live as a Christian Amen. and take whatever comes along with that. Sometimes that's going to be favored and sometimes it's not. We are in sort of the flow of where it's not favored mm-hmm. um, for a long time. It was favored in our in our society to be a Christian. Um, that was the path to victory. When you talk about elections, um, you know, that was the path to being hired. When you talk about who's reliable, who's trustworthy, who's, you know, to be a Christian was not negative. It would not adversely affect mm. um, your desire for employment. Mm-hmm. But we are in a time right now where um, if things continue the way that they are, um, you know, as far as we can see, it appears that that's not going to be something that's favored as it is already not favored. Right. Right. So it seems, right. seems that increasingly that will be the case um, unless the pendulum swings back and, and that could, that could happen, right? That mm-hmm. could happen. Stranger things have happened. Um, the sun never set on Rome and then, Hey, where y'all at? You know, so things, <laughs> right, I mean, right, you know, I, right. I would not say um, what can never happen because True. God is sovereign. He is in Amen. control and Amen. he does what he wants. He's in the heavens. He does what pleases him. Amen. And and so with that in mind, I say um, there is always the opportunity for the Lord to use us um, to partner with him in the work that he is doing. Uh, part of that partnership is, man, reflected in our faithfulness, mm. just living and walking uprightly, training our children to know and fear God and to make him known and to do that without fear of man. And so it's amazing that in our um, steadfastness and our uh, commitment to doing what is biblically laid out for us to do, there is a certain um, there is a certain win that is ours, maybe that we don't expect. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and I keep saying this and I, I, I think that people understand what I'm saying. Maybe the first time I said it was a little bit jolting 
and maybe some people were offended, but I think uh, more and more um, it's making sense to them. But I, I cannot help but think uh, that the more we endeavor to do those things that please the Lord, mm-hmm. that we uh, endeavor to live a holy and upright life, there are some things that are crumbling around us that maybe just our return to faithfulness may preserve those things for a little bit longer. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But so often we don't want to do that. We just want to go straight toward the preservation of those things. Yeah. We're just like, yeah. no, nah, I just, I can't. Listen, people, I can't lose my country. Mm. I can't lose my country. Come on. So I will do whatever it takes to save my country. I'm not, I'm not about to lose my country. And then, you know, you say, okay, so then you need to take steps to make sure that your children are adequately trained. You need to disciple your children yourself. You need to make sure that you're not continually making converts to the world systems, but that you're making converts, that you're making disciples, followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then people say, no, that can wait. I'm talking about these politicians. Man. And no, that can wait. I'm t- I got to be out here on these front lines. I'm that I, my kids are going to be home when I get there. And to that, I say, you hope. Right. That's that's what I say. And so I continue with the position. And it's a strong position that I've taken that when we are um, given to great care for the things of God, mm-hmm. who knows that the Lord in his great mercy might also meet and tend to the things that we have not asked of him. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You oh, know, yeah. right. Oh, yeah. But, but we, we don't trust him enough to do that. So we go after the work of our own hands. Like we we're like, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to save this. I'm going to build this. And I think that's part of the judgment that we see. And yeah. that's part of where we are right now in America. Yeah. So, Oh, go ahead, Will Agree. You were going to. No, I was going to agree with that, and I think we have ample enough scripture to see, you know, man doing that over and over again, where yes. that's not a dependence on God, but trying to figure it out, you know, myself, and and trying to do things in the strength of the of the flesh, which is yeah. weakness anyway. Yeah. And I and I and I look at that, and I'm like, man, it, it we should learn from the scriptures and from even history, you know, of of how this goes, and, and we have to turn our hearts back to those things that are the main things, you know, Amen. like we talk about our kids, man, that the, like the enemy knows that that's where it is. Like that's mm-hmm. a big piece, you know, yep. and, but it seems like the church uh, kind of don't realize that. And I think no. we're realizing it no. more and more, Yep. but man, you know, that's one area that we have to really take a look at and say, man, I have failed in this area, but I, I, I can get on, on track now. Let's go. You know? You know, I think because we have had such a um, such a secular history, um, many of us in school, myself included, Mm -hmm. yourself included, we have had um, a secular presentation of history. So we have thought wrongly that the greatness of America is the 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 lone uh, result of people and their own like, you know, stick to itness or they're pulling themselves up by their bootstraps or. Um, that rugged individualism. Right. That we we've we've been taught this, and look, and this is this is history in its heyday. Okay, this is mm-hmm. it without the hate the country right. bent. All right. So even history in its heyday in America has removed has removed mm. the faithful, merciful hand of God. And I think that for us as Christians, and the more I look at um, the history of the church, right, and I think about the history of the church in America. Uh, part of the saving grace <laughs> that has been here in this country is that you've had men and women mm-hmm. who have seen deficits in people's lives and they've sought to get the gospel to those people, not because they're like, we got to save our country. 
mm-hmm. but because they're like, man, these people's souls need to be saved. Yeah. Like they, there's been a love truly, a love truly for where people will spend eternity that has fueled the gospel. But the overflow of that has been the sparing of this nation. It's been the sparing of this nation. But because so many of us, again, myself included, mm-hmm. we've been taught a very secular history. There is no room for mm. God's hand in that. Mm. It's it's just sort of like this um, this deist view. This God is there. You know, he he is out there. He kind of um, he, he set America to spinning like a top and then took a step back. So when we say God bless America, we say one nation under God. We say God and country. It really is is sometimes for many people a view of the God who set America to spinning and then removed himself from it. Mm. Right. And so now everything we do is because God started it. And so now we just maintain it. He just, it's a very deist look at God, but for the Christian, may it never be. So may we understand that while God is transcendent, he is also near to us. He is involved in the affairs of men. It is the Lord God by his spirit that warms the human heart, one, to receive his son. It's the Holy Spirit who draws, right? Mm. Who allows us to feel the conviction that we need to feel. And then also fuels our engagement, whereby we share the gospel with people, not because because, not because we're like, oh, no, you know, the nation is going in a basket. You, not because, <laughs> right? But right. because we're like, man, these people will die in their sins. Yeah. They will die. Yeah, and on, if man. you look back at the history of the church, this is what fueled the first great awakening. This is what fueled the second great awakening. This is why the church houses were packed out once again. It wasn't because people had these ulterior motives, right? But it was because people genuinely believe that the gospel is true and if the church house is empty, it is an indication that man's heart has not returned to God, that man does not love God with everything in him. Man is living for himself. And so great evangelistic efforts happened in this country. Yeah. Yes, around the world from this country, but also, also in, this, in country. this country. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think, man, you're, you're totally right on that. And, and as you're speaking, I'm thinking America is not great just because because America. You know, mm-hmm. we're great. Right. Of, no, you got to reach back. We need to reach back in even history, you know, of this country and say, man, the only reason for the greatness of America is because of the uh, uh, awakenings and, 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 yes. and people willing to share the gospel and, you know, wanting to see souls saved. You know, and as a result of that, you had a more moral people, yes. you know, and when you don't have that. I think you have what we have now when you go away from God, you know, because the way that this country is set up, Mm -hmm. man, leaders are put in place by people. And Mm -hmm. if the people are immoral, they're going to select immoral leaders, you know. But if there's an awakening within the general population, you know, just everyday people, we're going to select people that, you know, have the worldview that we would have a biblical worldview that we would that 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 would inform who we put into office and why, yep. but, you know, it, you know, yeah, we well, don't have that. We don't have that. And if ever there was a nation that existed um, for whom it could be said that that nation uh, really truly tells God <laughs> what they want. Um, <laughs> to, okay. Save, save the, save the people of Israel. Okay. I'm thinking of Saul. The people want a king. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to rule over them. They want a king. We'll give them Saul. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's one instance. But <laughs> in the United States of America, it's amazing that we truly do say to God um, what we want. And, and we put people in office 
uh, based on our votes, but also we put people in office based on our values and our convictions. And, and so we are telling God the type of people we want to rule over us because that's the type of people we are. Mm, Do you understand? Man. I mean, it is, it's, yeah. it's the type of indictment that you can't <laughs> kind of like shift your body weight from under. Like you have to be able to take responsibility and say, in this country, we, we repeatedly say to God, this is who we are and this is who we feel best represents that at the highest level. Mm. And that's where we are. And, and again, it's a good thing for us to be able to see it because for those of us who say that's not who we are, that's not who I am, mm. then we have an opportunity to live differently, to live for the glory of God. Listen, if the second great revival um, or the second great awakening or revival, however you want to call it, um, can be kicked off in part by the Yale revival where the question was asked, is the Bible the word of God? Then what could we do? With all the technology that we have, with all the conviction that we have, with our church houses more packed out than they were at the time of the Second Great Awakening, what could we do in the United States of America with a question that is similar to that? And again, the formula is not in the question. It's the posture of the heart. It's the conviction of the person who asked the question. Is the Bible the word of God? In other words, the question is, should we believe and apply what is written therein? Because so many people, if they are um, asked that question, will say, yeah, of course, the Bible is the word of God, of course. But then you ask them, OK, so what are the implications of that statement that you just made? Hmm. What does that mean? What, what does it mean that you say the Bible is the word of God? Many people do not want to explore the implications of that statement yeah. because it actually has some consequences. It has consequences. It has bearing on their life. Yeah. How they live right yeah. now in this. Yeah. Mo- if I say the Bible is the word of God, that means I am accountable for either applying or ignoring the word of God. And mm. what will I do? Yeah. What will I do? You know, because when the Lord accuses, there is no one who can stand opposite him and say, no, you're wrong. You got us all wrong. <laughs> this <laughs> this is the omniscient one. Amen. Right. This this is the one who knows everything. Amen. Even your thoughts. That's right. And these are the things that accuse us. <laughs> and for some even condemn us. All right. We got to grab the break. When we get back, the topic is uh, equality versus equity. Mm. Is there a difference? And should we know what that difference is? Of course, we wouldn't be talking about it if <laughs> we didn't need to know. All right. Aaron, the Addison's American Family Radio. We appreciate you listening. We'll be right back. Give me you, everything else can wait. Give me you, I hope I'm not too late. Lord, give me you, Lord, give me you, Lord, give me you, Lord, give me you, give me you. And I kind of feel like in part there has to be um, a collective uh, returning to the Lord, but really individual, like an individual, <laughs> but collective return, but not not an event, not a, not a right. thing. You know what I mean? Because we are good at really hiding behind 
the event, the thing that appears to be the right posture before the Lord and being um, able to to be unchanged personally. Like we <laughs> we're good in America. Guys, listen, this this is what we do. Right. We're, we say, man, you know, we've we've gotten it wrong. We've, we've got we've got to return. We've got to repent. We've got. So we say, oh, but, you know, we have the National Day of Prayer. So so we are a prayerful people. You know, so yeah. we say we have an event, um, the return. So so look, here we are. We're all returning to God. And so we are good at sort of hiding behind a collection of people and using that to sort of convince ourselves that each individual has had this moment of return or surrender back to the Lord when, in fact, that may or may not be true. Um, but we're not forced to deal with it because everybody collectively appears to be returning. Mm. Everybody appears to to have this posture. Something is going on. I, I think that what is required of Christians, uh, genuine Christians, yeah. not just in name only, yeah. but genuine Christians, okay, um, in the United States of America is an individual return to the Man, Lord. So I that agree. means check your own household. Yes. Um, check yourself. Yeah. You know, check your children. Yeah. Check check what you value, what, what your interests are, and then submit that to the Lordship of Come Jesus on. Christ and allow him to go to the spinning wheel with you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where, where the potter, um, he does what he wants. Mm. You know what I mean? And we mm. don't have that yet. We're not, we're not, um, we're not submitted to the Lord like that. Not yet. Not yet. Um, some of us are right. Some of us are getting there, but most of us are not. We're still sort of like, you know, well, no, I don't make don't make me uh don't make me a porcelain toilet. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? We're we're more. We're, I want to be that beautiful mug. I want to be that fine china. Like, don't make me. That, you know what? I, yeah, yeah. I want the way you use me. Okay, all right. I want it to be this way. Mm. And that's that's a haughtiness that makes people um, unuseful, <laughs> not usable. I don't know how you, but God can't use you. Mm. Right. And and but we don't know that we don't know that because um, unfortunately, it's the blessings that God has given us that have put us in this position where we don't know how to need him. And, we don't. We It's foreign to us. And, you know, the thing is, too, I think along with that, the survey has to be done individually if we really believe, you know, uh, what God has said, like the word of God. Do we really believe, you know, um, in prayer do we re- really believe yeah. these things or have we been consumed with just head knowledge and we know yeah. a lot mm. of stuff because man we have knowledge upon knowledge true within the church we have book upon book we have That's all right. these seminars and things to 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 glean and learn from which can be a great blessing mm-hmm. but we can be full of that knowledge and not really mm. believe you know to the point where it's applies to our lives where yeah. we're walking this stuff out and man I, I think that's a challenge uh for for the church today as well yeah you know i was so encouraged to hear you um talking to the kids about this and and really encouraging our entire family so about it's this is so funny to me about half of our household right now is battling something right like there's <laughs> <laughs> there's some sort of um cold or something like that it always starts out as allergies mm-hmm. and then it just escalates which is crazy because you're like the allergies are not contagious but it escalates and it becomes a cold and um and so myself Timmy Mariah Sam Witt um and I think JD this morning he sorry he was trying to hold out he was like <laughs> yeah I'm good I'm good and then this morning he was like great you know and it's all the clogging and all of that stuff you know 
And uh, but your encouragement to us was a strong one. It was, do we really believe the word of God? Mm -hmm. Do we really believe the word of God? Like, do can we really pray and petition the Lord? Can we ask the Lord? Now, of course, the Lord is sovereign. He will respond as he determines to respond. But do we really believe the word of God? And that's one of the things that you said. You know, we can have all this head knowledge. We can know so much of God. Um, but do we live with with that knowledge, like applied right. apply to our it. lives, you know? Right. And so it's so funny because Mariah said to me, she goes, Mom, she goes, do you think we could have COVID? <laughs> and I said to her, I said to her what you said to me. You know, there's still other sicknesses that people still get. Mm-hmm. Right. Because if we're being honest, right, the first little kind of like tickle we get or something starts to happen, we go worst case scenario. Maybe I'm the only one who does that. No, you're not the only one, I'm sure. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You immediately start to think like, oh, man, is it this? Is it that? But I was so encouraged. And it's something it's just, you know, simple responses can really have a profound impact. But one of the things that you said was like people are still getting sick with other things, Miki, like allergies. They're still a thing. Right. Like that's that's right. still happening. And so anyways, go ahead. You were going to say something. No, no. Go ahead. OK. So anyway, my point is, do we believe the word of God? Exactly. Do we believe what is written in the word of God? We have no choice. All right. Um, I'm going to move on unless you wanted to add something to that. I feel like no, I cut you let's off. go. OK. Equality versus equity. That's the that's the question um, that got me thinking. And I thought, man, you know, I, I want to make sure that our listening audience understands the difference. I was reading this article and I'll use this article as the backdrop to um, describe the difference between equality and equity. We have had a shift in our culture where we've moved away from using the word equality and we've moved more towards equity. This is very dangerous. And um, it is another iteration of um, man attempting to be better than God. Okay. Attempts at equity um, are an attempt to be better than God. So equity and equality is not the same thing. They are two different things and mm-hmm. they have two different um, effects, uh, consequences, okay, when you pursue them on any society, on any society. And for America, it will be dire. And unfortunately, we have an administration that has um, set itself to make equity it's focus, make equity its thing. That's so, so get ready to be overwhelmingly burdened. Okay. By what, um, the aims of equity will, I guess, impose on you. Mm. Just, you just get ready. So here's a story here, just sort of as the backdrop. So you can hear a little bit of the, the terminology that's getting batted about and we'll go quickly and then we'll, we'll talk about the difference between equality and equity. So, All right. This is a Fox News story. It's from um, last week. I believe it was Uh, White House domestic policy advisor. Susan Rice said on last Tuesday that the Biden administration will work to advance racial justice and equity, adding that building a more equitable economy is essential to economic growth. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Rice briefed reporters from the White House press briefing room um, just hours before President Biden was set Uh, to sign a number of executive actions on the issue of equity. All right. Uh, So Rice, who is leading this effort out of the um, Domestic Policy Council, said that the administration has a first-rate team to drive this agenda forward to advance equity for families across America. Mm. To advance equity for families across America. I'm going to quote Susan Rice here. And... um, This is what she said. She said, quote, we have support of every White House 
office and every agency in this work. Mm. <laughs> Advancing equity is everybody's job. That means everywhere that the government can touch you, they will. Um, every possible office, all with its sights set on equity and making sure that everybody else is excited about that. Um, let me continue here. Um, <clears throat> Rice said that Biden will re renew the federal government's commitment to making the American dream real for families across the nation and will expand opportunities for communities that have been left behind. Hmm. Rice said that investments in underserved communities are, quote, at the heart of our recovery. These aren't feel good policies, end quote. <laughs> um, we go. Yeah, yeah, we we, we are here. Um, this is this is something else that Rice, Susan Rice said, quote, I believe we all rise or fall together. Advancing equity is a critical part of healing and of restoring unity in our nation. It will do no such thing. There is, in fact, no way to achieve this unless you do it by force. And ultimately, what would have to happen for there to be widespread equity would be that the government controls not only the distribution of um, output, but uh, also the means of, 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 of producing the output. Mm. So you'd, you'd, you'd have to speed well past uh, socialism where you just redistribute uh, wealth. You'd have to go to communism where you control the means um, for people to produce and to create and, and, and you control the result um, of that production and, and how it gets distributed. So you'd have to speed well past socialism, go straight to communism for it to be. Now watch this. I'm going to use this word. It's a little topsy turvy, the use of it here, but for there to be success, it would have to be ultimate control over not only what is produced, but the means of production. How wow. do people make a living? And then um, from that living, mm. how does that get redistributed um, to people across the country? That is ultimately mm. how mm. you produce equity. So let's talk about the difference here for a second, right? Okay. So equality is the catch-all term for fairness that we all are pretty much familiar with, right? So we are all created equal and we should be treated as such, right? Um, now, what we say when we talk about equality, we say it is your life. What you choose to do with your life is your prerogative. That is your business, okay? But with equality, we say, you. but basically we should all be treated fairly. We should all have the same opportunities. In other words, there should not be any, let's, let's say, institutionalized mm -hmm. impediments to you being able to have the opportunity to, to live a rich, robust life. And the American experiment, all right, um, with all the ups and downs and the failures of that promise, mm -hmm. try to make it right so that we don't have any government entities, any systemic, all right, government entities that allow for people to be um, oppressed simply because of the color of their skin or their religion, immutable characteristics, all right? And this is um, traditionally what has made us really, really cool as a nation. Yeah. That we we recognize that, man, there are people who will oppress people just because of this. And we say, let's <laughs> not do that. Let's right. not enshrine it in, in our laws. Right. In fact, if we've once had it in our laws, let's repeal and replace. Let's let's not have that. Let's amend. Let's fix. Right. Um, but now what you have people saying um, is we want equity. We want equity. So equity is different from equality because what equity says is that. Equality has a blindfold on. Mm. 
Mm. Equality says just across the board, everyone should have Mm. a fair shot. Everybody should be able to access this. Everybody, there should not be any roadblocks to those people. But I don't know who they are. I am. It's like uh, you get a picture of Lady Justice. I just we are just going to apply the law. I'm not going to look at you. Equity says take the blindfold off. Mm. Equity says in order for there to be true equality, you have to consider each person's circumstance. So each person, in order for there to be equality, has to have an individualized approach to where they are currently. All right. So in other words, we have moved from equality of opportunity. Each one of us has an opportunity to do something. And now we are saying equality of outcomes. Everyone should get the same result from their effort, whatever it is, Hmm. whatever it is. All right. This is not even something that God allows. I want you to understand, right? So there are consequences. Uh, the, the, look, I have set before you life and death. Mm-hmm. Choose life so that you can live. Like, so you have a choice. And what is it that we understand? We understand that our choices have consequences. But what we're saying right now in our country, and, and, and by the way, this kind of flows down to us from critical theory, critical race theory. These are, these are all cousins brothers all in from the same <laughs> you know ooze okay right. right and so so basically what we're saying now is no we're not content to have equality as it pertains to opportunity what we want is equality as it pertains to outcome so now i want you to think about this in your own individual lives right and and you may um have a different type of family structure or maybe you can apply this to your own immediate family, but I want you to think about this. So you've got two parents who raise their kids all in the same environment, right? Mm -hmm. And let's say they have five kids, all right? Two parents, five kids. And some of those kids grow up and they are doctors. They pursue a, um, a, a degree and they become doctors and they can practice medicine in this country. And let's say others of those kids um, pursue a degree in law. And so they become lawyers and can practice law in this country. And let's say you've got one kid who decides, eh, I don't want to do any of those things. And then the parent is just like, so what do you want to do? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I haven't decided. I just need to go off and find myself. Mm -hmm. So what our country is saying is that all five of those kids should live the same type of life, that they should have the same type of outcome. And that is what is considered equity, right? That the outcome of the person's choices will not adversely affect him or her so they can live and do whatever they want. Right. But we think that everybody should have X standard of living. And we haven't, by the way, determined what that is. We're, we're not really sure what that is like for we, we. So in other words, we don't know exactly what equity will look like. Yeah. We just want to cry out for it. Right. We don't we don't know if this means people lowering their standard of living to a certain degree or raising people's standard. We don't know where the line is. We don't know mm. how this ultimately is going. You see why this is very mm-hmm. dangerous. Right. It cannot be clearly defined. Right. So so what our country would say is to the children who have been practicing medicine and practicing law, who have maybe opened successful businesses. What our country says now is that that kid who was like, ah, eh, you know, I want to spend time touring France. Um, those kids should take whatever they have made, mm-hmm. whatever they have earned, and they should give it to that kid, the sibling. Why? Because equity. 
because mm. they should live exactly the way you have, even without the sacrifice. Wow. All right, Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's William McDowell with withholding nothing. So the Biden administration defines equity as uh, the consistent and systemic, fair, just, and impartial treatment of all individuals. Um the conversation about equity actually says that that definition is a lie. That's I mean, there. Let me let me let's let's break this up just here for a second, because I, I really want people to understand that um, when you have a conversation with people like this, right, who will be in support of equity, they really have not thought through even things like this, this definition that they submit. OK, mm-hmm. <laughs> so the Biden administration um, signed an executive order to define equity as the consistent and systemic, fair, just, and impartial treatment of all individuals. Well, the whole notion of equity is that it takes into consideration people's positions before you can decide how we get them to the place of equality. So it's not impartial. It's it's not. It actually specifically looks at people and says, are you disadvantaged? By the way, the disadvantage is defined according to our terms. We define what the disadvantage is, mm-hmm. right? So if you have uh, a white man who uh, has grown up poor and a black man who has grown up poor, well, um, CRT points are stacked on the black man's side. So even though they had the same um, upbringing and the same situation, both of them grew up on the wrong side of the tracks, both of them on government assistance, both of them knowing what it's like to not be sure if they're going to get a meal. Um, according to Biden, and his administration and critical race theorists, okay, the white man is not disadvantaged because white. So that's not impartial. Do you understand? Right. So we say that we're going to create the type of environment where um, the black man and the white man both have the same opportunities, but wait, that's not enough. We want to make sure that there is equity. So that means that we want to make sure that the outcome, and by the way, it's an outcome that we have decided. It's an outcome that we have decided. Mm -hmm. We want to make sure that the black man achieves the type of outcome that we decide, we determine. It's a game only we understand. (laughs) Okay. All right. And so what we will do is make sure that he has special treatment. So, in Mm -hmm. fact, it's not impartial. It's not impartial. And this is the type, again, this is the type of thing that God does not do. But man in his wicked and sinful heart is attempting to do. No, with the Lord, we understand that, man, we cannot live sort of insulated from our the consequences of our actions. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And and man, you know, well, I'll leave that because that may be an entire (laughs) discussion in and of itself. But let, let me let me just say this. There are genuinely people in this country who have fallen on hard times Mm -hmm. and, you know, it was not something that they did, Mm -hmm. right? It was not something that they did. 
The problem with the current conversation we're having today is that the expectation is that the government should fix it. Wow. Yeah. So there so yeah. there is there is a popular um, cartoon illustration that attempts to show the difference between mm-hmm. equality and equity. And people probably have seen this. It is the picture of a dad and two sons trying to look at a baseball game. Have you guys have, yeah. have you seen this? Will? I think I've and seen that one. And so the dad is tall, then the second son is a little bit taller, and then there's the little baby son, and he can't see at all. And so the the illustration says that equality is if you give all three of them a crate. But you've not taken into consideration that the dad is taller than the son who is taller than the baby, right? And so you may give them all a crate, but the outcome is not going to be the same that what? They all get to see the game. Mm-hmm. So the illustration says that equity is that the dad does not get a crate because he's tall enough to see over the fence all on his own. The second son gets one crate because with one crate, he is then able to see the game. But that baby son, that third son, needs to get two crates because that is what it takes for him to be able to see the game. The problem with that, now listen, I have no problem if within a family – you decide how you want to create equity for your children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The problem with that is that the Biden administration and people who are in support of this say that the government needs to hold all the crates <laughs> and the government needs to decide how the crates are distributed. Yeah. The government gets to decide how the crates are distributed. And that is where the problem is. That and, and, and we're so used to this that we don't even notice it. We just we're like, you know, don't do too much of that when really it was intended that there was never any of that. Right. There was never any of that. And remember, the fight for equality in America on the part of black people in this country was not for a fight. Uh, was not the fight for equality of outcome. It was no, just give me the same opportunities that you have. Don't. And in fact, don't even give them to me because they're all, they're already written here. Mm -hmm. Like the opportunities are already here. What I'm saying is just don't keep me back from them. Mm -hmm. So I don't, and, and, and before, you know, I think of, you know, the, the history of um, black culture. And, and I want to say this, you know, not from a place of, of pride or arrogance or anything like that. But the history of black culture before infected with the insidious notion that somebody owes you something was one of a proud people. Mm -hmm. I can do Mm -hmm. and I will do. And my ability to do is a threat to a lot of people. Don't hold me back. You don't have to give me anything extra. Just don't hold me back. Well, unfortunately, we've lost that. Why? Because of consistent and persistent handouts. And because you can tell a person only for so long that they can't do stuff until they be- begin to really believe that they can't do stuff yeah. and that they need people to do things for them. It is an arrogance and it is a, a, a hypocrisy that comes from white liberals. Listen, I understand that you're black and, you know, you just don't know how to do a lot of stuff for yourself because <laughs> God just didn't make you that way. But if you stick with me, I'm going to make sure that the government is fair toward you. I'm going to make sure, in fact, that the government favors you because of your disadvantage. And then you've got the black person who's saying, wait, no, no, actually, I'm not. And they're like, be quiet. Yes, you are. (laughs) The black person stands up and says, no, I'm not actually disadvantaged. Um, All men are created equal. You know the thing. And then and then they're like, you know, (laughs) and and they're like, no, you be quiet when you want your thoughts. We'll give them to you. Right. When you when you want to express, we'll tell you what that is. 
And no one can see it. No one, no one comments on it because we're afraid to have these kinds of conversations because then people are like, ooh, they get all, you know. But no, let's let's actually call it what it is. And the crazy it part. It is crippling people and then saying that you're helping them. And the Go crazy ahead, part is, you know, yeah, be quiet and we'll tell you what that is. And they've also nurtured some within that own ethnicity to tell them what to say as yes. well it's like yes. we're going to tell you and we're going to have your brothers and sisters tell you as well so you just be quiet we're going to give you your points and tell and, you and how then, to think and then we will strike you at your heart we will strike you at your heart and if you go against what we have prescribed we will say that you actually are embarrassed to be black mm. you you actually hate being black or we will go full hog Biden like and say you ain't black. This is very destructive. This is where we are, right? We have um we have crippled conversation and we have said that th- this is this is good because then we only have the ideas, you know, come to the surface that are fitting for the larger audience, but that's not true. It's really the conversation that gets to come to the surface that you have kind of filtered because it, it fits your aims and your goals and your objectives. Right. Look, I, I, I've said, let me tell you, um, white liberals and black liberals have this in common. Um, they don't care about black people. <laughs> I just <laughs> quote me, quote me, white liberals and black liberals have this in common. They don't care about black people. Right. And, and this idea and this thought that black people are just created um, inferior to white people is perpetuated by white liberals and black liberals alike. And the people who know it and refuse to say anything are the people who are making the most money off it. Come on. W- whenever you have um, an industry connected to sin and wickedness, it's very hard to stop it. Come on. It's, it's very hard to stop it. Right. Uh, You think of you think of the slave girl following after the Apostle Paul and his crew. And Mm -hmm. these are the men of the most high God who are telling you. And then when, you know, Paul is like, finally, he's had enough. Right. Man, wouldn't you like to have a moment where you finally (laughs) 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 you've had enough and you just turn around. You're like, you know what? Come out of her. Right. That's it. I'm done. And, and, and what is what is the great problem that arises as a result of that? That her owners saw that their means of making money through her was yep. completely messed up. The bottom line. They're like, oh, man, come on. Like, you've driven the demon out. We're making money off that. And, and they're upset. And, oh, and that's man. where Paul faces the great persecution. It's man, like, because their it. means, think about it, right? <laughs> and so when you have in our culture today, guys, Come on. Right. Like when you have in our culture today, people who will stand Mm -hmm. up and will say, man, that's wicked. Abortion, critical race theory, (laughs) saying that people are irreparably broken and there is no hope for them, not even the gospel. And come on, you got this coming from people in the church, you know, and people stand up and say, that's wicked. Drive it out. Drive it out. Right. (laughs) Well, remember, critical race theory and the teaching of it is an industry now. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. People don't make thousands of dollars. They don't make tens of thousands of dollars. They make hundreds of thousands of dollars to tell people that they are horrible and it can never be fixed. And the only remedy, which is not a remedy, because remember, you're forever in this state. The only remedy is that you spend your life apologizing. Oh, and for $19.99, buy my book, (laughs) buy my book, take my course. In fact, hire my people to teach at your kids' schools. Academia is overrun by it. 
media overrun by it. So it's an industry. So if we think that we're just going to stand up and say, hold on a second, we are equal before God. God has made us all with equal value and equal worth, but God has given different ones of us different abilities and he expects us each according to what he has given to live for his glory Mm. and to honor him with that. But you know what the liberals say? No, 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 no. The liberal, the one in rebellion against God, let me, let let me not make those synonyms. Let me say this, the one in rebellion against God. Okay. (laughs) Some people are like, no, no, it's the liberal. <laughs> the one in rebellion against God, okay, says this. Says, God is not good. He has disadvantaged you. If the Christian believes that we, you know, it's left to the sovereignty of God and, and this person has this opportunity, this person has, you know, th- then that's not good. That's not good. What, we, what we're going to do is we're going to create a type of fairness that not even God himself was willing to design. But we all have the same outcome. Let me tell you something. Let me let me just say this uh, point blank. Okay. There is no slave owner. There is no government entity. Um, there's no corporation that I could name for you right now that would have or could have put me at a greater disadvantage than having my father leave his wife and children. Do you understand that? And if we are not willing to have those conversations that we've got people right now who are yeah. in poverty, not because of slavery. Mm. Okay. Not, not because of, um, you know, some sort of like, Oh, well, you know, systemic racism. No, they, they're in poverty because they could not or would not delay gratification. Come on, Guys, look, if the scriptures will read you when you read them, and we have to keep telling the truth. Now, look, there there is room for people to be in need and for things to not be the result. But I, this is what I say. And I say this to the people who try to come at me, you know, the critical race theorists and all of that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. First of all, I have too many points for some of them. <laughs> right. Too many points. All right. I can, I can, I, too many. Okay. And even with all of that, I will not submit to your tenants. Mm. I will not say that, yep, it's because of slavery. Nope, because I know that Jesus Christ changes the trajectories of people. Right. So you have this, man, if you read, look, I'm telling you, I've read, I've read reports over the years and I have read documents that if you, if you read those documents and read those reports, Man, I overflow with thanksgiving to God because when I look at what the stats say should have been my outcome and my lot in life, man, it's dire. It's Mm. pretty bad. It's pretty bleak. And there's no amount of equity that could have changed that if you just look at the stats. Father left her, raised in the inner city of New Orleans. I mean, come on, look, all of it, right? Like, should not even be here talking to you about this today. But Jesus Christ is the difference maker. Amen. Amen. And even though, and even though the odds were stacked against me, the Lord God didn't rob somebody else of their crate <laughs> to give me it. Right. <laughs> Come on, man. I the Lord convicts. The Lord chastises. 
The Holy Spirit leads and guides. And so what do we do? We make better choices when we know him. We delay gratification because we want to honor him. Mm-hmm. And a secular environment, increasingly so, has no room for this type of conviction. So equality and equity are not the same thing. And you will increasingly hear the use of equity and people moving away from equality because that has dire consequences. All right. We're out of time. I apologize to everyone who wanted to talk to us. (laughs) Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.